awesome. How do you do that? One day at a time, one step at a time. What's my next step? Another step. Come on. Come on. Anybody need sermon notes this morning? Wave at me. We're starting a series called Overwhelmed. You know, you can be overwhelmed with life. Man, it seems like coming out of COVID and everything, people are overwhelmed about crazy things. Uh, world, personal stress are at record levels. Suicide is up. Job will stress you. Money will stress you. Health will stress you. Relationships will stress, stress you. Poor diet, as she just testified, will stress you out. How about watching too much news and media? Look at them. They had the perfect vacation. Mine was terrible. They're lying. They don't put, there's nobody videos of kids throwing up in the car and being car sick. Come on. Stepped on a, a crab at the beach, you know, and cut their foot. They ain't going to video that. So, you know, relax. Here's, here's two. We're going to go there. We're going to talk about being overwhelmed by the world system and everything and, and worry today. We're talking about worry is not the way, but, but we're also going to talk about being overwhelmed by the presence of God. We need to be overwhelmed by the presence of God. We need to learn how to enter in. How many of you know you can worship God without music? Come on. Music will help you get there. Music is wonderful. I love to sing. I love music. But you don't have to have music to worship God. And you can enter into his presence without it. And that's something you need to learn to do. So glory to God. Let's, let's dig in. Uh, let me tell you, that there was an email went out to this company. And the boss's secretary knew some inside information. And she sent out an email. Are you ready for it? It said, start worrying now. More information to come. You know, we have to focus and really to, to go to the negative, it's, it's kind of easy because that's the old nature. But the Bible says that we're a new creature. When you receive Jesus, you're supposed to be a new creation. But anybody ever met a Christian that still lived in the old ways? They Eeyore, baby. You know Eeyore. Everything's going to happen bad, going to happen to Eeyore. Uh -huh, it's my birthday and nobody's going to get me any presents. Nobody ever even, nobody will get any phone calls, you know. They, and so we've got to learn that, that, that we're a child of God and it's the kingdom of God. And, and I want to challenge you with your worry. What does it matter in the light of eternity? Compared to glory that's in heaven, the struggles that we face, what does it matter? And I know we carry, we carry too much stuff. I, I, I've been there. I've done it. Still do. I have to go back and work the principles of God. I believe the Bible is applicable. The Bible can be applied to every area of our life, our mental state, our physical state, and our spiritual state, everything. And so what we're going to look at is in Philippians 4, 6 through 13, and we're going to take, and we're not going to take the time to read it right now, but we're going to read one verse at a time, and that's our points today, and we're going to break it down. But there are, are, are six things in this passage that will help you Get rid of worry. And don't act like, I never worry, Pastor. I don't know what you're talking about. I know you are. Yeah. Okay. It's all right. But God wants us to have peace. Peace that passes understanding. Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. So the premise of this are six things in Philippians 4, 6 through 13, number one. It's time to refuse to worry about anything. You ready? So write that down. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. When you ask, you've got to know God's going to answer. And so you need to go ahead and get in thanksgiving mode. 
Thank you. You ever ask somebody to do something, they turn to go do it, and you thanked them right then? You know they're going to do it. You know they will do what you ask them, so you go ahead and thank them right then. Well, it's time to start thanking God in advance. So let's, let's, let's look at this refuse to worry, and I've got a list of them right here. And A, A, worry is unreasonable. Unreasonable. Matthew 6, 25, Jesus said, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Come on, let's worry about the important things. No, let's don't worry at all. Let's just trust God, huh? Worry is unreasonable. How about B? Worry is unnatural. It's not natural to be a worrier. I was raised in a family of worriers. You open up the dictionary, some of their pictures are by worry. World-famous warriors, you know. It's a setup when they say, how are you doing today? I, I'm not going to, uh, bye. Because you all say, I'm doing good. Well, I'm not. Let me just tell you how bad it is. Golly, <laughs> don't ask me that. So, so worries unnatural. Nothing else worries in the universe. Quit practicing it. Do the trees worry? Do the birds worry? Matthew 6, 27 and 28 says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worry, can add one cubic to his stature? Worrying doesn't change anything. In Matthew 6, 28, just keep reading on there. It says, So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet... I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like any one of these. Now, I'm not telling you not to wear clothes. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and be real. But you know what? God will bless what you put your hand to. Uh, if it, what job you have, God wants to increase you in it. And if you don't, if, if God, if, if, if the increase is not enough to meet your family's need, God's going to say, I got another door opening for you. And he'll show you in visions and dreams and, and the Holy Spirit or somebody say, hey, are you looking for a job? I know where they're hiring. And you haven't even asked about it. God will take care of us. We have got to learn to start trusting him. Amen? So, so guilt, resentment, and worry. A anxiety in the heart causes, look, Proverbs 12, 25. It's, not on, it's on your sheet, but if you want to write it down. Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. But a good word makes his heart glad. Worry defined is this. <coughs> choke. To choke. Well, let's, 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 let's look at it. See, worry is unhelpful. It doesn't help to worry. It cannot change the past or future. It only ruins today. There was a, a, a traveling evangelist that I know, and he was doing a men's conference that I was at, <clears throat> and I went back to the men's conference, and he told his testimony. But at the men's conference we were at, he got a phone call that his wife collapsed. They took her to the hospital. They did a scan, and they called him and said, your wife is in the emergency room, or she's in the hospital, and she has cancer. And it was raining when he got in that rental car and drove to the airport to go home. 
And he said, those windshield wipers, talk to him. What you going to do? 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 Finally, he got a stop. Because this was what was talking to him. Remember last Sunday, this is the battlefield? And so we have got, worrying doesn't change anything. Uh, worry is not helpful. It is unhelpful. And, and Proverbs 14, 30, a heart that has peace in is life to the body. But wrong desires are like wasting away at the bones. I had a family member that was that one of those chronic warriors and, and uh, in the hospital. I'm in the hospital with them, and the doctor says, you have internal bleeding, and I don't have a clue, and I want to go. I've got a list that will cause sickness in her body is worry and unforgiveness and all this. That, that's the answers you're looking for, but you don't have the medicine to fix it. See, God has to help us with our worry, and God wants us to forgive because unforgiveness and worry will make you sick. Mary Hart doeth good like a medicine. D, worry is unnecessary. God said he's got you. When are we going to trust him? It's unnecessary. Again, back to Matthew 6.30, God clothes the grass of the field, it lives today and is burned in a stove tomorrow. How much more does, will he give you clothes? Oh, ye of little faith. And Jesus is the only one who can say, oh, ye of little faith. Don't ever tell anybody, oh, ye of little faith. Because you know what? When Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith, he generally fixed it. Unless you're ready to fix it, can't say, oh, ye of little faith. So, Mm hmm. I need a volunteer. I got one. Let's address worry. How can we address worry? I'm going to show you something. We went and prayed for somebody with stage four cancer, and the Lord reminded me of this and gave it, helped her out because she's worrying about it, worrying about it, worrying about it. Stage four cancer? Yeah. So, so Mr. Clayton, uh, what's your, go ahead and talk in the microphone so they can hear you. Okay. All right. What's your name? Clayton Riggs. Okay. Ready? Now, quietly, in your mind, this is where your mind goes. What am I going to do? I don't know. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Okay, quietly, I want you to count to 10. Quietly. What's your name? Clayton Riggs. Okay, where did you stop counting at? Nine. Nine. He had to stop counting to say, this will stop this from worrying. Mm. This will stop this. You have to take control of this with this. Notice I stopped him. You didn't know what he was, where he was at. Nobody knew what number he was on. But when I said, what's your name? And you need to know what the Word of God says to combat the worry up here. God has given us his Word to put in our mouth. And when we speak, when we con constantly speak in the Word of God, it changes our worry. Matter of fact, your worry will disappear. And that's exactly what that woman said. That's where I need help. I said, well, you got to change this. You got to take control of your mind with your words. Well, don't words come from your mind? Yeah, but see, you're taking control of your mind with your spirit. The Word of God strengthens your spirit, man, so you can stand and confess the Word of God. That's how you got saved. I believe in my heart, confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart. Matthew 8, 17, that Jesus bore my sickness and infirmities. I'm saying it with my mouth. When's the last time you confessed it at the house? 
Miss Shirley, when's the last time you said it? I've said it. Come on, this past week, when's the last time you said it? You've got to put, there's a hundred healing scriptures for a reason. The Word of God is like a medicine. Just, I'm just, just trying to encourage you. It works with your kids, too. Speak the Word of God over them. You stupid idiot, I can't believe you act like that. That's not the Word of God. You're blessed and highly favored. Act like it. The Bible says my children are blessed coming in and going out. Deuteronomy 28. They're blessed, and they are blessed. But I have put the Word in them on them. Matter of fact, my daughter is probably eight, nine years old, and I used to pray Psalms 91 over, and, you know, I'm, the football game's on, and I'm running through it. I'm human. And, Lord, I thank you that you know evil. And she goes, you didn't say calamity. And I said, start over. I'm like, start over. You had to start over. So you had to tell me to slow down, you know. Slow down. It's before you could back it up, you know. Anyway. Pray the Word of God, and your kids will have expectation over it. Pray it over your adult children, too. So, so worry is unnecessary. Let's go to number two. So we're back uh, to Philippians 4, 6, and it says, Never worry about anything. Instead, in every situation, let God know what you need in your prayers and requests. I'm, I'm giving you a whole bunch of, uh, of different translations to try to help you. I know some of y'all King James, but it's okay. It helps you understand. Look, don't worry about anything, but in every situation, let God know what you need. Father, I need help right here. We should be continually calling out to God. I need help. You ever been in traffic backed up? You want to say something else, but you need to say, Lord, help me with some patience right now. Help me. And so, so let your prayers and requests be, uh, be made known. So, so it's time to pray about everything. Ne uh, never worry about anything. Well, I just feel like prayer's not working. It's not working, Pastor. It's working. And I'm going to give you a scripture to prove to you that it's working. It's not on God's side. It's on our side. So look at this. This ought to be your new favorite scripture for this week, this month, this year. In Romans 8, 32. It says, since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? If God gave us Jesus to die on the cross, then why would he withhold anything else? Jesus is the one that paid the price for everything. Amen. So it's not that it's not been paid for. It's not that it hasn't been given the parties it hasn't been received. We need to learn how to receive. Some of these guys in here got radios, and when you turn them on, they are capable of receiving a transmission. Commodes backed up. We need some help in here. Whatever they're talking about, they're capable to receive. You're capable of receiving from the Word of God. You're capable of receiving from God's Spirit. But a lot of times, we're not in that receiving mode. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. Pray. Relax. You don't know what I'm going through. 
Here's the, here's the question. Why haven't you already fixed it? Then you can't. It's time to turn it over to the Lord and let him speak to you about it. Let him show you his way about it. Let him show you how to repair or fix what you're worried about. Uh, you know what? Your kid may be eating something the reason they're acting like that. Maybe they don't learn that way. Who was it? Who was it? Uh, there was two guys, Tesla, and who else was in competition for electricity? Do y'all remember? Who was it? Yell it out. Edison. Edison was a little boy, and he was in a, probably a small school, and uh, he sent, they sent a letter home. The teacher sent a letter home to his mama, and the teacher told him, said, this is just for your mama. Don't let anybody read it. And so he comes home. He goes, I got a letter for you from my teacher. And she opens up the letter, and she begins to cry, and she says, your son's a genius, and our school is not capable of handling him. You need to teach him at home. And she goes, you're going to be at home, and I'm going to be your teacher. And he became a genius. Years later, after his mother died, he was going through her stuff, and he found that letter. And it says, your child is mentally deficient, and our school can do nothing with him. He is not allowed to come back. And he said, my mother made me a genius. I've invented all these things because my mother poured into me. How powerful are words? How powerful is what you say to your children and to yourself? You're no good. You're ugly. You're all, yeah, yeah. Quit comparing yourself to other people, but listen to what the Word of God says. And then in the same verse, don't worry about anything but thank God. So number three is thank God in all things. Not for all things, because all things aren't from him. But thank God he is the answer for all things. What do you mean all things? You don't thank him that, that you can't pay your bills. You thank him that he is the bill payer. You don't thank him that you got sickness. You thank him that he's the healer. You see, see the difference? A lot of people teach you just, well, just thank God you're suffering. You know, it could be. No. Jesus said, I come to give you abundant life. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes to make you suffer. Amen? And now, guess what? It ain't always. Can't blame everything on the devil. Sometimes you're trying to do too much. I slammed the, I slammed the door on my hand one time. I had eight boxes, and it was raining. So I'm going to get them all, make one run in the rain, and I slammed the door on my hand and had to drop all eight boxes to get my hand out of the door. And I want to say devil, and I'm like, no, it ain't the devil, it's me. I'm in too big a hurry. I need to slow down. I shouldn't have done that. But we, we do. We fall prey. But hear, hear me. God still, he, he heals our wounds. He does that. God is our source, and we need to thank him that he's the answer to everything that we need. Let me say this. Happy people are grateful people. Ungrateful people are unhappy people. We ain't got nothing to be thankful about. You have to change. Don't wait for out here to change because this is never going to be enough. Nothing in this world satisfies. Only God satisfies. Your happiness and your joy and your peace start right here in your spirit. Right here in your inward man. 
The strength of the inward man is how you overcome. So learn to strengthen the inward man. How do you strengthen the inward man? Again, with the Word of God. Finding out that God's got you, that God's for you, that he's not going to let bad things happen to you. He's going to cover you. You know, uh, when your kids are in diapers and bottles, you can't wait to get them out. And then they start driving, you want them back in diapers and bottles because, golly, now that you know they're driving all over the place and you're wondering, every siren you hear. I had to rebuke that because, you know, that was... That's the way I was brought up. That worry get on you if you're brought up that way. Being ungrateful will get on you if you're brought up that way. Can we say thank you, Jesus? I know it's hard. It's hard for some people. But we have got to learn to be grateful. Grateful to what God's doing in our lives and, 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 and what he's doing. And in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ. In everything we give thanks. So number four, how about we think about good things? And said, so finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Last Sunday, we talked about the battle in your ears, the battle... What you fill your mind with determines the level of stress and worry that you have in your life. What you fill your mind with, don't let it in. It's, it'll creep up on you. It'll slip up on you like a cat. You ever had a cat sneak up on you and bite you? I have. Wasn't even my cat. Some cats will just bite you just because. You smell like cat food or something. But here's the point. Stress and strife and worry will slip up on you. And you have got to recognize when it happens. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, I, I've got peace. God's my source. God's my help. God's my strength. And some of you deal with a whole lot more. But some of you, you get all upset when the bread gets old. We stress out over, you know, some things are too little to be stressing over. So, so learn, to be, learn, learn to think about the good things. Uh, in Isaiah 26, 3, it's not on your sheet. It says, you, Lord, will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All who trust in you. So, so what happens when we start to worry or we start, we're not trusting anymore? But remind yourself. You know, every time we take communion, we do it to remember. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember what the Lord has done. When you start to worry, you need to remind yourself what the Lord has done. Remember what God has done for you. Remember that he's your strength, that he's your help. Corey Tim Boone said, said it like this. Look at the world, you'll be distressed. Look within, you'll be depressed. But look at Jesus and you'll be at rest. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. And then, see, remember we talked about intimacy, into me, see. You need to look into him and let him look into you and that you will change and be like him. Do you think Jesus is worried about something right now? Do you ever think Jesus said, well, I didn't know that was going to happen? Huh? He knows what's going to happen, and he's wanting you to trust him when it starts happening. Come on. Okay, five, be content. Be content. 
And being content has nothing to do with ambition or nothing to do with being lazy. Being content right here. I'm good. You know what? Part of being content, I think, is you need to have a, let me see how to say this and be nice. Uh, You need to have a sense of humor about yourself. A sense of humor about yourself because you're content. Ha, ha. Everybody's laughing at me. I'm going to laugh with them. You know, it's all right. It's all right. I am content. What are you going to do? You're going to lose your job. You just bought a car. I've had those words spoke at me. What are you going to do? We're we're losing our job. In six weeks, we won't have a job. You just bought a car. I'm going to trust God. My answer is I'm going to trust God. He's going to bless me. He's going to help me. He's my helper. And so uh, being content. Contentment is enjoying what I have right now. Instead of waiting for something to happen, to be happy, contentment is independent of circumstances. Let's start enjoying life. Just enjoy life. Be content. It's Philippians 4, 11, and 12. I have learned, this is Paul talking, I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of contentment in every situation, whether I'm well-fed or hungry, and when I have more than I need or when I don't have enough. I'm going to be content. And if you go ahead and read the chapter, that's your homework, is read the rest of the chapter. He was talking about the Philippians. You know what? You haven't had a chance to bless me and help me. He goes, I've been taken care of. You know what? I'm good right now. But you know what? Thank you for helping me in the past, and thank you for he- that you're going to send something. I just thank you for that. But whether you do or not, he goes, I want you in on the blessing of what I'm doing. See, it's called partnership. You partner with God. The Bible says you give a cup of water in the name of a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. Well, all I did was hand him some water or hand somebody he was talking to some water. You get a part of the reward. That is cool. God's a rewarder. God is a rewarder. We reward the kids for being quiet. Hey, it works. But God also rewards us when we're obedient. When we have faith. Let me go ahead and say this too. Crying does not move God. Faith does. I've cried because I've been in such a tight situation or whatever. I've cried. I do, you know, but it doesn't move God. Because your emotions cannot move God, your faith does. And I always tell this because if your emotions move God, the devil will be controlling God through you. All he got to do is make you cry. You, know, you ever had a kid or one of your kids or see a kid and they're crying to manipulate their parents? Yeah. I want a candy. That toy, that's my toy. Ah! They're manipulating. Well, the devil tries to manipulate you. But God is moved by faith. Okay? So let's get content. Contentment does not come by comparing yourself. That's the source of discontentment. When you start comparing yourself to somebody else, guess what? If I compare myself to him, I'm not him. I'm an original. Ain't nobody else like me. I know you say, thank God, you know, but hey. But thank God there's nobody else like you. God made you. Learn to be content with who you are. And if you want to change, God will help you change. 
well, I don't feel like I'm smart enough. Then study. Get into the Word. Learn to keep your mouth shut. Nobody will know that you don't know. <laughs> the proverb says that. Man learns to keep his mouth shut. He'll seem to be wise. And he is wise learning to keep his mouth shut. Because it's hard to keep your mouth shut sometimes, isn't it? Contentment. Contentment. You don't have these written down, but Proverbs 14.30 says, Peace of mind makes the body healthy, and envy is like a cancer. Stop thinking this is, this is what I wrote. It says, stop thinking more will make you happy. Your self-worth self is who you are, not what you have. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. You find out who you are in Christ, in him. Come on. You start getting more content. Shoot, I'm in Jesus. Jesus is in me. He said, if my word abides in you and you abide in my word, you can ask what you will and you can have it. Come on. Knowing who I am. Somebody said, you know, you might could whip anybody in the room, but learning to control yourself, being content, and controlling your anger and your mouth is the most powerful thing you can do. You want to be powerful? Control your mouth and control your actions. That's how you become an overcomer. And then say what God said. Ecclesiastes 4, 6, is, it's better to only have a little with a peace of mind. Let me read it again. It's better to only have a little with peace of mind than to be busy all the time with both hands. Hmm, trying to catch the wind. Solomon said, Don't, you know, you're just running around trying to catch the wind, trying to do this, trying to get, maybe this will make me happy. Maybe this will make me happy. If you buy me this, I'll be happy. If I got a new car, I'd be happy. Uh -uh. Happiness comes from Jesus. It's called joy. And it's a spiritual force. Last but not least, number six, handle life God's way. His ways are better. Proverbs 4.13 says, I have the strength to face anything and everything by the power that Christ gives me. Or if you want to go King James, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's King James, New King James. But this translation said, I have strength to face anything and everything by the power that Christ gives me. How many of you know that you've got some power available? Just reminding you, have you tapped into that power? Have you asked God to release some power on your behalf? Called prayer? God, we, here's, here's this. We don't see any outward source of power we're doing it by our own strength, and we get frustrated, and we're not content, and we're not happy. There's no joy because we're working our fingers to the bone, but it's time to cast even everything over and ask God for power. Power. How many of you know knowledge is power? How many of you know it's not what you know, it's who you know? You know Jesus? Come on, give me a nod. Do you know Jesus? Then you have access to some power. And then he will guide you. Our brother over here had a dream, and God showed him a dream about a job for his wife. Awesome. That, that, that's God giving him peace of mind. God's going to take care of it. Most times, you know, uh, I don't like to, some of my dreams, and some, some dreams can be weird. Not all dreams are from God. 
But how many of you know it says in the last days that he'd pour out his spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters would prophesy and your old men would dream dreams and then your young men would have visions and, huh? But we don't even entertain that because that, that's kind of weird. It ain't weird. It should be natural because we're spiritual people serving a spiritual God who has the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. We ought to have some expectation that God's going to guide us. So, so I was probably 25 or 26 years old, and they put me on the church board, and I am thought, this is crazy. But one of the spiritual ladies in the church, I'm sitting in church, she bumps me, she goes, I'm going to nominate you to be on the board. Will you accept it? I'm like, uh-huh, I guess. And so I got into the inner workings, and I found out, you know, this is back in the 80s. I'm dating myself. Interest rate was like 14, 16, 18%. I cannot remember exactly. And I found out that our note was that much, and I'm like, golly. And I started praying. I was up all night. I'm praying, Lord, you got to help me. You got to guide me. And I don't, you know, nothing about banking and this, that, and the other, but the, I, I, the Lord told me to go to a certain bank and sit down and talk to them. And I go in and ask for the bank president. They don't know me from Adam. I'm 26-year-old. I'm going to say punk. If you're 26, I'm sorry. I was the punk. You're not. So, And I said, sir, I'm going to tell you, I'm, uh, our church is, has this loan, and, and the, the interest rate is horrible. And will you help us? And, and stipulations was everybody didn't want to sign on it. But I found out that my pastor had been paying the note, and it was like $1,200 a month by himself for four, three or four years. Man, so that burdened me. Lord, we got to get something, do something. The Holy Spirit took me to that man, sat down there, and he goes, we'll do it for you. I'm like, well, this was easy. <laughs> but what? I'm just sitting there shaking in my boots. But the thing, God will guide you and help you. And, 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 and I went and got the pastor then, and I said, they want to help us. But see, you got to learn to start asking God and believing God. It burdened me. And God will burden you. If, you know what? That, that's not because you're supposed to worry about it. You're supposed to cast it over on the Lord and ask him for answers and let him guide you. But I'm driving down the road. I look at that bank, and the Lord said, that's the bank. And I pulled in. I mean, I'm, I got to go in there. I'll make, who do I need to make an appointment with? I, my point is, you, God will have you help people. God will help you in situations and circumstances. You just got to go. You need to believe him. You know, if you work for somebody, you need to believe God for more customers. They're paying you. You, you, need not, you want your job to be blessed so you can be blessed. Amen? And so you need to learn how to pray instead of, well, it's the sorriest job I ever had. I can't have that. Are you going to gripe when you get to heaven? If you are, you're probably not going to make it. These streets of gold, ain't nothing but gold dust everywhere. I can't, can't stand this place. <laughs> That's the evil attitude. Gold dust in my hair, I don't know. I'm going to have long hair. Y'all better watch it. Anyway. <laughs> I'm getting off. Let me get back into the word here. So, so handle life God's way. I have the strength to face anything and everything by the power that, of Christ that gives me. And Job 22, 21, it says, Obey God and be at peace with him. This is the way to happiness. 
1 Peter 5, 6 through 8. So humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor and give all your worries and cares, for he cares for you. So, so humble yourself, cast your cares, and be ready. Be ready that the devil's going to try to stop you once you start humbling and praying and seeking God. But you know what? You're ready. God's going to exalt you. God's going to take care of you. Jesus fed the 5,000. 4,000. One time, 5,000. We think, man, those were big old fish and they broke them in pieces. No, they were sardines and crackers. Sardines and crackers, folks. And that's just, they only counted the men. So you give every lady a son or daughter and every man a wife, there's 15,000 and 12,000. And then they get in the boat and Jesus talks to them. And the reason he says, oh, you little faith, I just fed 5,000 people. And you're worried about this? And you're worried about that? Well, you're worried about food. God will direct your steps. Witty inventions, new ideas, whatever. Let's start believing him, trusting him. He can make whatever you make a month last with just a couple of adjustments. He'll help you pay off bills in a hurry. It's not what we're talking about, but that is a concern and a care and a worry. And if it's a care and a worry for you, he wants to help you with it. That's why he put all these scriptures in here. Don't I take care of the birds? Don't I take care of the lilies? Don't they look good? I want to take care of you. When you compare yourself to other people, I'm going to go back. Quit it. I had somebody say, you don't know what it's like because I'm, I'm, I'm dressed. My wife dresses me pretty good. But there have been times when I, 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 I didn't have nothing good. They say, you don't know what I mean. Man, I sold, my, I sold my stuff to pay my kids' stuff, pay bills, my favorite rifle, my golf club, whatever. That's what the Bible says, you know, women, husbands obey your wives, but it also says men give up your life for your family. I've given up my stuff. I know what it's like to be without. Paul said it. But it's time to start trusting God. It's time to start trusting God with your money, with your spouse, with your children. And God can turn it. He's done it too many times. Let's, let's, let's bow our heads and let's pray. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, never accepted him as Lord and Savior, never prayed one time to do that, if, if you want to accept him as Lord and Savior, you lift your hand. If that's you, say, pay for me, Pastor. I've never accepted Jesus. I see your hand. Glory to God. Anybody else? Anybody else? God sees you, sir. Anybody else? Maybe you're in this room and you need to rededicate your life to God. Maybe you haven't been living for him. Maybe you've been worrying about stuff too much. You've been overwhelmed with the pressures of life. We all get there. I get there. I preach to myself when I preach stuff like this. I can get overwhelmed with the, Paul said it, can be overwhelmed with the cares of the church. Paul got overwhelmed. But you learn to cast your cares over on Jesus. 
Let's all pray this together. Say, Father, today I give you my life. I give you my all. I cast my cares over on you. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to forgive. Strengthen me in my inner man. Thank you for salvation. That I'm a child of God. That I'm an overcomer. More than a conqueror. Because I trust in Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.